0: Hello, and welcome to the Make Money Mediating Podcast. I'm your host, Susan Guthrie, and I'm an attorney, mediator, trainer, keynote speaker, author, podcaster, social media influencer, technology junkie, consultant, and coach, and although I know that sounds like a lot, but what it really means to me is that I've found a way to make a living doing what I love and doing it in a way that lets me help others. So in this podcast, I want to share some tips and insights into helping you create the career that lights you up and pays your bills, whether that's as a mediator, attorney, collaborative professional, or really anything that you are passionate about. So I'll be chatting with some of the most successful and influential experts in all areas associated with building your practice, and I'll share my own thoughts and the lessons I've learned along the way. So come along on the journey with us and soon you'll have a practice that will let you make money mediating too. Hello everyone and welcome back to a brand new season of the make money mediating podcast. I'm your host, Susan Guthrie. And I'm so excited to be back with you all after a break through the whole summer and the early fall training and conference season. I hope you all had a wonderful time, hopefully, getting back out there to in person conferences and virtual conferences, getting back together with your colleagues, adding to your skill sets and your Rolodex. But it's November. And I think it's time to get back to making that money in your practice, as well as finding success in all the ways that you may define it. And that's why I'm getting back at it with this episode. And it's interesting because many people assumed the new season of the show was gonna start with the new year in January. But I want us all to get a jump on a fantastic 2024 by starting to prepare now So now through the end of the year, I'm gonna be focusing on strategies that will help you launch or soar even higher in the coming year in your practice. After all, it's a little slower at this time of the year during the holidays, so why not hit the ground running in January? So today we're gonna dive into a topic that could make the difference between a good year next year and a great one for your practice, and that is, crafting a killer business plan for 2024. Earlier this week on my LinkedIn practice building tip of the day newsletter, I shared 10 things to think about as you create your 2024 business plan And I will share a link in the show notes to that newsletter for you. And if you haven't signed up to get the newsletter, you can just click subscribe when you're reading it. And then you'll get it every week when it comes out. It's always full of additional tips and and things that are a little more granular than what I can go into in an audio podcast. So... I will link to it in the show notes, but today on the show, I want to dive deeper into the actual creation of a business plan because I know many of us have actually never done one. It is not something that in the early years of my practice I ever sat down and did, now certainly not as a young associate in the law firm. And even once I became a partner, it was really something more that other people did and not that I participated in. And I'm sad to say that when I broke off and opened up my own boutique firm, it's not something I knew enough about to know to carry that into my new practice. And so for a while there, I was not creating an annual business plan. I was not strategizing how I was going to grow and change in a coming year. I didn't look at what worked well and what could be better from the prior year. I didn't get my feedback. And it wasn't until I hired a business coach when I started moving around that for the very first time I sat down and really put the effort into creating that entire business plan that helped me plot out what the next year or really any period of time was going to look like. You can get as minute with these as, you know, what I'm gonna be doing next week. And in some cases, that's actually helpful. But what I'm gonna be talking about in this episode for you to be doing is to get ready for 2024, or for the next year, if you're listening to this in 2024, you can do it to get ready for 2025 or beyond. So. Let's dive in and talk about it. And for my colleagues out there in the dispute resolution industry, one of the things I want you all to be aware of is that this is a really wonderful time to be a dispute resolution professional or to be a professional transitioning into or opening a dispute resolution practice. And that is because the dispute resolution industry is on fire. It is, it is growing by leaps and bounds. And if, you know, it'd be hard to say that the pandemic had silver linings, but one thing that it did do is bring much greater awareness and acceptance of dispute resolution to the conflicted public, those going through conflicts, through litigation. And, you know, I think as a testament to what we do as professionals, people like it right? We're the Sally Field of of the legal world. They like us. They really like us. And so now, even though maybe litigation might be an option again, the courts are open. We do know that they're overburdened still. And even more, hopefully, I think people have gotten a taste of what mediation, what arbitration, what other dispute resolution processes can do for them. And that has led to a boom, as I said, in the dispute resolution industry. So just a couple of facts to back that up. According to a report by Grandview Research, the global alternative dispute resolution market was valued at over $11 $11 billion in 2021, and it's expected to grow at a compound annual growth rate of 6.8% from 2022 to 2030. That means there is a lot of potential business heading our way. And it's not just about money. The dispute resolution industry is, is, also just booming in that more people are turning to us as their first choice or as an earlier choice or as a choice, right? People who were in litigation are now looking to go to mediation, arbitration, et cetera. In fact, a study from the American Arbitration Association indicates that consumer filings for arbitration increased by 12% in the last year alone. And that signals a shift in how disputes are being resolved outside courtrooms. And the real statistic that I think hits home, the mediation and arbitration industry Saw an increase in revenue by 2.3 percent per year on average from 2016 to 2021. That's a, as reported by IBIS World. IBIS World, and that shows a consistent upward trajectory that's poised to continue. So, with numbers like these, it's clear that the opportunity is out there for us as dispute resolution professionals. But to capture it, you do need a plan. You need a solid well-thought-out business plan that can steer your practice through some of the complexities and things that we face in our growing industry. And that's what I want to tackle today with you. Keeping in mind that we are seeing many industries like e-commerce, tech, real estate, and even you know the divorcing public are increasingly turning to dispute resolution. One of the things to be thinking about is how your practice plays into that. But let's look at the anatomy of a great business plan. Like, what is it that actually goes into creating a really good business plan? They follow a certain process. They, they have certain elements that you will want to have included. And I will have a, a list to this. So you do not need to grab a pen and paper. You could just go to the show notes and download this list. But I want to give you a rundown and then dive into each one so that we can talk about all of these elements that go into creating that killer business plan for you. So they start out with an executive summary right, the detailing, the specifics of your dispute resolution practice, the needs within the market, that's really the hook that includes your unique value proposition, and I will talk about that, your mission statement and your vision for where you want your practice to grow in the future. And some of your executive summary is actually gonna be created after you go through all these other sections because it becomes clear and is much easier to craft once you have gone through the other sections. There's my little pro tip right off the top. So your executive summary, you may wanna jot some ideas down to start, but you're really gonna be able to dive into it and fine tune it once you've gone through the rest of the elements. The next element is your business description. And that's gonna detail the specifics of the dispute resolution world at large and what your role in that is, what the need within the market is, a little research on your particular market and your business structure and how it fits into the existing market today. You'll then move into a market analysis and that's going to be doing your research on the demand for dispute resolution in your area so that you can identify your target market's demographics and psychographics, what they're looking for and what you bring to the table. So the, the basics of marketing, those of you who have heard me talk about marketing before, those are the two elements, like who are you talking to and what are the problems of theirs that you solve and how do you do it? That's, that's marketing in a nutshell. Then you'll move on to organization and management. And this is really helpful, I will tell you, because you're going to outline your team if you have a team. And I'll tell you right now, one of the things you might learn is you might need a team or you might need to be adding or subtracting from your team. Um, And there'll be some reasons why subtractions or changes in teams are happening right now. But you're going to want to describe your team, who they are, what they do, what certifications and experience that they have, and what your organizational structure looks like. You know, who reports to whom, how things work in general at a high level. You'll then move into your service offerings, right? We are a service industry. We're mediators, arbitrators, negotiators, trainers, consultants, coaches, all the different things that we do. What are the services that you or your practice provides? And I want you to get you know, really down and drill into these and emphasize any unique approaches or techniques or things that set you apart Then you're going to outline a marketing and sales strategy. So we've talked about identifying your market, your target market. We've talked about what services you offer to them and then we're gonna be talking about how you're going to attract and retain those clients, that target market, how you're gonna reach out to them. Things like your digital marketing, your networking and your referrals. From there, you're gonna look at funding requests. So this may be that do you need in order to meet some of the above, i.e. things like your marketing and sales strategy, your um, organization and management, do you need to be adding or changing some of your team or your structure? Do you need funding in order to do that? And so you're gonna wanna be looking at that And then you'll want to do a financial projection. And I'll tell you, this is one of those, if you're like me, math is not your topic, this is something that I sit down with my bookkeeper and my accountant or my financial advisor to go over. Most of us will have a good idea what our projected cash flow is each year, the income statements, our balance sheets, but you want to be able to sort of project that forward and it can be really helpful to sit with some of your team members who are better at that than I am, to help me deal with that, right? So that's the anatomy. Those are the sections. And again, you don't need to write them down. I'm gonna have those in a document. You can just go quickly download from the show notes. But that is, you know, this is not something you're gonna whip together in five minutes or that you aren't gonna put some time into. This is a really important document and something that is going to help guide you again through that year. So this is going to take some time and some research. And let me just point out, right here at the top of all of this, that here's another pro tip. This will be much easier for you if you are using an AI-assisted tool like ChatGPT or BARD. They can be incredibly helpful in helping you dive beneath each one of these sections and craft your business plan and if you pull nothing else out of this episode, although I hope you get a ton of helpful information, but right there you got your golden nugget. The the thing that people think of when it comes to their practice and using these large language models is using it in the process, like opening up their screen and using it with their clients to generate options. It is infinitely helpful when you use it to help you in the ways that you need to be creative, thoughtful, and do research and create. And a business plan is exactly the area where it can help you. So. Once you have sort of done at a high level, gone through those, you're going to want to tailor your plan to be melding in that information about how dispute resolution positively affects your potential clients, these clients, your target audience, things like Dispute resolution services can reduce litigation costs. We know these benefits of our process, of the dispute resolution process, the privacy, the confidentiality, the reduced stress, reduced time, all of these things that make what we do in so many ways a better way to resolve conflict but you're going to want to work those benefits into your plan, into your marketing plan, into all of the elements of what you're doing. You also want to be looking at what your niche areas are and how they fit into market need. And one thing that I would say to everyone is be considering looking at market need and see if there are additional services you might create to meet those needs or niche areas you might service that you have a need for that services or for your services, right? So that's where your research can be very helpful because one of the things that you can be looking at as you go forward in the next year is adding services or tweaking the services or eliminating services that haven't been bringing in the money or bringing in the type of client that you want. So I'll tell you a little story about that, that backs that particular proposition up. I was working with one of my private clients on revamping her practice, and she happens to have a divorce mediation practice, And she is putting out there in this world that she specializes, her niche area is dealing with high conflict and highly emotional cases. And she is very good at that, and it has been something that has fueled her practice for a very long time. But as we sat down and talked about what she wanted her practice to look like in the coming year, it became obvious to her, it had been obvious to me, you know, it's easier to see something when you're talking to someone, but it became obvious to her that that level of stress that dealing with only high conflict cases was bringing because that's what she was seeking. So that's all she got. It was, it was really starting to create a lot of wear and tear on her. And so we started looking at different ways that she might still support people without being there in that particular case their mediator for these high conflict matters and we started looking at the services that she offers and how she can take her skill set and perhaps offer her skills her unique value proposition but in different ways and perhaps to to different markets and so she's launching new services and eliminating the high conflict mediation in the coming year and you know we're doing that in a very deliberate way so that she's still taking advantage to the best of her ability of her unique skill set but also creating a practice that's in line with what will work for her right now right and that was really important to her and a really important thing that we then brought into building out that business plan for 2024. We've completed her business plan. She is ready to fly for 2024, and she's very excited about it because if we, if she follows that plan, 2024 is going to be a very different year than 2023. And she's set up for success for that, right? So you want to really be looking at those services and where things have gone in the past in all different ways, look at it from all different angles, not only what the market wants, but also be looking at what you want and what skills you bring to the table. And you're also going to want to be looking at what you might add to you, to your skills, to your memberships, uh, etc., that might support what you want to do. Um, doing more speaking engagements on... Dealing with a different type of a case, or dealing with, you know, making dealing with a type of case that aligns with that target market you're talking about, or joining an organization that has membership or has access to a target market to support these new services or parts of these new plans or to support the plan that you're implementing. This is the time to be thinking about those longer term goals and how that will get implemented. In your next segment, so we're up to segment four, We're going to set some realistic goals and objectives. So I've been talking about all of these things that you want to get in here, but I haven't talked about what you want to achieve. What are your objectives? What are your goals? If this plan were to be successful, where would you be? What would that look like? And much as we often find our dispute resolution clients come to us and they have no idea what it is that they want. Right, We have to start our process by helping them start to figure that out. We often go into a business plan not knowing where we wanna end up or go. And I I will tell you right now, start thinking about that. And this entire process, one of its big gifts to you is going to be that it helps you think through these things. You're going to start seeing what your goals and objectives are when you start thinking about where you're gonna go much like that client I just described to you, right? She makes a very decent living doing high conflict mediations, but that was offset by the stress in her life. And so we worked very hard to have some realistic goals and objectives in her business plan about how making that shift and adding new, pra- new services was going to be able to replace that income, but it may take some time and we had to be realistic about that. So realistic goals and objectives. Now there's an acronym, you know, I love my acronyms. So there's an acronym, SMART goals. You want SMART goals. You want goals that are specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time bound. SMART goals, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant and time bound. Think of SMART with every goal, with every objective that you come up with and have benchmarks, right? Like set what success looks like, define it, get granular, get nitty gritty. So is it you aim to mediate a certain number of cases? you aim to train a certain number of individuals, you aim to earn a certain amount of money, you aim to be able to drop your kids off at school every day and be home when they get home from the bus. Whatever those are, have the benchmarks. And start to, if you have not been doing this yet, we're gonna have another episode coming up talking about client feedback, include in your plan ways that you are going to be able to both measure client satisfaction, how you're going to get that feedback and set targets for that client satisfaction going forward. And if you haven't done that, that will be a part of your plan. If you have, know what those those results said for the past year, look at what you can improve and set some, some benchmarks for what that will look like as you go forward. You're also in segment five going to want to look at the financial projections for a solid future. And this depends on where you are in your practice. If it's a startup, you're going to include all the things like startup costs, office space, if you need that, licensing, training, marketing, programs, equipment, staff right? All of those things, wherever you are, if you are already in an established practice, please have a good understanding of what your practice costs. And so that you can look at it, where can it be cut? Where can it be more efficient? Where are you going to need to put more money? What sort of money do you need to bring in? You will want to make sure that you have looked at having an appropriate financial cushion, we know that dispute resolution practices can go, you know, take a while to get going and they can also have lulls at different times of the year. I know as a family law practitioner, right now we're in November. This is like your your divorce professional, whoever they might be, is persona non grata to divorcing people at this time of year. Nobody wants to go through the holidays talking to their divorce attorney or divorce mediator. So they just, clients disappear, business completely drops off. We also call January divorce month because it picks up in the new year, but we know that. So you have to understand what your market looks like and your income stream, and if there are fluctuations and have cushions built in for that. And you want to talk about realistic revenue streams. Where is the money coming in from? And what some might some projections be about creating new income streams or reducing income drains, right? But client fees are usually one of our income streams. But Can you be holding workshops? Can you draft a book, create a program, other things that might bring in additional income? Would that be helpful? Are they things to be looking at? Does it fit into your business plan? Then in segment six, which is really your last segment before we pull it all together, you're going to be looking at risk analysis for your business and your contingency planning. So here's the what if section. What if this happens? What if something goes wrong? Now, certain things like the pandemic, I don't think any of us could have been prepared for. But your sudden illness, if you are a solo practitioner, do you have a plan for what will happen? You know, it's like I've always said with online mediation, I've said this since day one. It's, you know, if you're going to mediate in the virtual world, you have to be prepared for tech failure because it's not if your tech will fail it's when. And so when your tech fails, what are you going to do about it? And what are you doing to make sure it doesn't happen or at least minimize the possibilities? So you're going to need to have a you know an identification of key risks, things that are possible to see. You're going to want to make sure you have your insurances in place. Again, you don't know if you're going to get sick. I know so many solo practitioners who do not have any sort of insurance income stream that will come in if they are disabled for even a short period of time. And you have to be looking for economic downturns. Right now we are going through a really crazy economy with a lot of negative things. Does that create opportunities? within your practice? Are you in real estate? What are the opportunities in the current real estate market? And where might you need to tweak your practice because you are no longer having access to the same stream of business or clientele because of these changes in the market or things that may be coming in the market. We know this market is going to change What sort of prognostication to use a nice big word for us all there, but how can you look into your crystal ball and think about what might be coming so that you can leverage that as part of your plan for growth? You're going to want to sort of look in your crystal ball See what the future might hold and have plans that might include, again, diversifying your services, targeting recession-proof sectors, creating those new services, or having plans in place for things that you might be able to do if somewhat foreseeable circumstances are to happen. You need to have some contingency planning in your plan. All right, so to pull this all together, first I'm now going to say now that you have done all of those segments, that you've filled in all of the blanks of what we talked about from the very top of this, right? You're now going to want to go back to the very first section of the anatomy of a great business plan, the executive summary, and and now define in a short set of paragraphs, your unique value proposition, your current mission statement, and your vision now based upon all of the information and all of the analysis and all of the thought that you have put into all of the rest of your plan. So that's how you pull it all together and you now have, you also very likely will want to sit down and I often suggest to clients like take out a calendar and plot out month by month, week by week, sort of a plan of how this is all going to get launched when things are going to get done. And that can be as simple as literally taking out a paper calendar and then plugging the dates into so that you get reminders and do what I always do. We used to call it in my law firm, the tickle file. So it was that you'd get tickled with a reminder a certain number of weeks or a certain set period of time before something was due. So set up your ticklers, set up your tickle system, right? Have a little fun with this. And and who's going to tickle you? Is your staff going to tickle you? Or are you going to set up some automatic reminders as we can do in this process? And always remember that this business plan is not set in stone. It can be revised and tweaked if things happen that... You know, you don't have contingency plans for, or that you need, you find that something that you thought would work is not working or is not suiting your needs or not meeting your realistic goals, then it's never a bad time to sit down and continue to work on this document. It is a working document. It's always a great idea to be able to review it, but at a very minimum, redoing your business plan for each coming year or whatever your fiscal year might be if you're not on an annual fiscal year so that you stay on top of and ahead of where your business is going and that is a killer business plan that's what i want for you as you're going forward into this brand new year i want you to hit the ground running on january 1 knowing where you're going and how you're going to get there so that you can have your most successful year ever so i hope that this episode has given you some fire in your belly to sit down turn on chat gpt bard start working on a business plan, go to the show notes, download the article from earlier this week on the LinkedIn newsletter, download the uh, plan that I have here for you that I've just gone over with you to give you the information and get working on that business plan. It sounds like a lot of work. It is the best work that you will do and your year is going to be your best year yet The more time you put into this, the more effort you put into this to really doing it well, the better your year will be. So I hope again, that this has been very helpful to you. For those of you who want to learn how to use chat GPT and BARD next week, this episode is airing on November 9th. On November 15th and 16th, I'm doing two online workshops day one on the 15th is about using chat gpt and its friends things like bard etc in your mediation practice to support your practice to advance your practice all different kinds of ways that's four hours hands-on and then the second day you can take one day or both it's a little cheaper if you do both the second day is a three hour hands-on and it's 100 percent on using AI to support your marketing strategies and to make your life easier because I know none of none of you like doing marketing. It's the number one thing I hear from clients all the time. So AI can lift a lot of these burdens for you. One of the things that we will do on the 15th and day one of the workshop will be to work with GPT or BARD to start working on a good business plan for 2024. So if you want to take this a little further, come join us. You can find more information through the link in the show notes, or just go to mostonguthrie.com and tune in next week on Thursday. And we'll have a whole nother episode on using that feedback that I was talking to you about earlier, how to get it, how to use it and how to implement it into that business plan and what you're doing going forward. So thanks for joining me and I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening in on this episode of the Make Money Mediating Podcast. I hope you got some great insights and tips on creating your dream practice. Join us every week on Thursdays for a new episode. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. And if you're enjoying the podcast, here's a shameless ask. Please consider giving it a five-star rating and tell us in a review what you find most helpful. It's honestly the best way for others to find the show so that they can make money mediating too. I'll see you next week.